Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. First show of the new year. Happy New Year, Troy. I, can we still say New Year, being that we're like two weeks in? Is What's the time frame that we're allowed to do that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to start writing some checks again just so I can get that confusion going in my life. Uh, you know, I... <laughs> I, I just feel good to be back. You know, it's, um, uh, you, you know, we're still um, pandemicking, apparently. Um, you know, that that's still going on. Um, but, you know, it's I, I had a baby. We had a baby. I, there, I was not the only participant in this process. Uh, but we had, we had a baby, what, out of Rod, two months ago, you know, and and I really did not get to see the outside world for about two months. You took me to a chili cook-off in, in South Park. Um, that was that was great. It was my first outing. Um, I'm feeling like a human being again. But now I'm going out to restaurants. We went down to like uh, shawarma guys. I'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, we went down and we've done a few different things. And when you see life again, even this one feels different to me, the, you know, the, the Omicron thing, you know, it feels <laughs> a little bit different. And obviously I'm not downplaying this whatsoever, you know, but it, it, it's still, people have been vaccinated. Something that's happening. You're actually seeing human beings again out and like life is coming back. And as a new parent who doesn't get to see sunlight very often, it's so nice to just go out and see human beings being human again. <laughs> I, um, I don't have that same problem because, uh, I, being a single person living in North Park, a block away from pretty much every cool restaurant in town, I'm, <laughs> I, I kind of, if anything, see people too much. <laughs> for, for one of the, for you guys listening at home, this David and my relationship is so aggravational. Um, you know, I will be, and as much as I appreciate him and love him, like I, I, he'll, I will text him and I'll have, you know, um, I love my, my, my family and my baby and I'm not complaining. I, this is a very good chosen time, you know, but I, I will say this, like I, I'll text him and he's like, Hey, yeah, just about ready to have some absinthe uh, and then go over to the whiskey bar and then watch somebody, <laughs> some hipster band come from, come straight from Coachella to North Park Observatory Theater. You want to, you want to come out? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I want to come out? I'm like, I have, I have got. Like baby puke on my shoulder. <laughs> I've got an Annie soup can or Amy's soup can organic. I, I'll tell you that I'm just like shotgun and those things. I'm like poking a hole in the bottom and pulling <laughs> the top and just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're at least being able to find yourself some fun in your life. Other than chili cook-offs when I have to drag you out. And, I would, uh, well, and that's kind of the point of all of this, I guess, is to come around and, and make, make a point with this, is that we're starting to get back out again. I'm starting to get back out again. It feels good. I love it. Uh, we have a really great show. We have, uh, joining us later, two amazing guests from Kitchens for Good. We have Dennis Crosby and Atim Smith Jr. who will be joining us. He was an apprentice, and Dennis is the director of programs. We are really excited to chat with them a little bit later. And uh, let's jump into uh, some hot plates and some news. How's that sound? Absolutely. I just want to give everybody like a little preview of the Kitchens for Good, though, because this is something that I've been meaning to cover for uh, forever. Um, Kitchens for Good, if you're not aware of it, and we'll tell you their entire story and, and share, share um, T's story as well as somebody who went through the program. You know, they help people who need a second chance in life and they teach them culinary skills. It's basically a culinary skill uh, school free culinary school, you know, for people who have, you know, suffered from substance abuse, people who are coming out of foster care, people who are, you know, have been through the criminal justice system, you know, like it's, it's an amazing program and I'm stoked to have them on today. So let's get into the news. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And, uh, you know, being that you do have two children now, Troy, I'm sure this is going to be somewhere you're going to visit on the regular. A, a Lego bar is coming to town. 
<laughs> yeah, this thing. This all right. Look, I have, I'll, I'll tell you this inside story from um, from uh, Food Network. Yeah, you know, Food Network for twelve years. You know, like one of the one of my favorite per- people on there is Justin Warner. Um, Justin Warner won Next Food Network Star a long time ago. He's kind of like seen as the you know intellectual nerdy um, iconoclast of of Food Network. Um, he is. And we all stay at the same hotel every time we go up and film at Guy's Grocery Games. And and every day is different things are day off. Some people drink their faces off. Some people, you know, do their yoga. Some people stitch and yarn and things like that. And some people. <laughs> which one run. do you do? Um, I, I think, you know, which one I do, um, <laughs> of, of all that. I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat in between the, um, uh, wine tasting and laying on my couch all day in the hotel, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a rich life. But one of my favorite people, one of my favorite days was when we're all staying at the hotel and it's our day off. And here comes Justin Warner with the biggest Lego bag I've ever seen in my life. You know, he, he spent his entire day off at the Lego store, you know, just walked, walked for miles. I picture him like Forrest Gump going across the country four times just to get some Legos. So I, it made me realize how much Legos mean to human beings, not just children, but adults. And they, they strike our engineering fancy. This bar is made out of a million blocks of Legos. It's a pop-up bar. They've been doing it in Denver, a few other places. On March 18th and 19th at a secret location, um, they're going to announce it's 21 and up after 6 p.m. Kids all day. You can get your kids in for free during the day so they can you know, get the spit on the blocks and everything else. And then you know, we come <laughs> in and you know, just soak up that spit. I'm just kidding. But it's, it, it's, it is, I got to say, even as somebody who sucked, at Legos. I was so bad at Legos. Not an engineering bone in my body. This is awesome. I made out of a million million bricks. You get 90 minutes. They do tickets and you get 90 minutes at the bar where you just like, and then you can like build stuff. You can check out all the the creations, everything else. I mean, it's basically a little pop-up made of bricks, man. I never... I never played with Legos growing up. What were you Lincoln Log Kid? There's only a couple... I was all about Transformers and He-Man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep, and board right. games, but so I never did really much of the building. But either way, I'll come and um, I'll come break some, break some Legos. Apart. I want to get tipsy around Legos. Maybe that would finally, <laughs> maybe getting a two drink buzz would finally be the key to my brain chemistry that made me understand Legos. All I could do was build the same like house with one window and a simple roof over and over and over. I basically built suburbia, like the same house over and over and over. (laughs) All right. So this is uh, something that I'm super excited about because, uh, you know, as I said, I see too many people going out and now I get to see even more people now that Sushi 2 is taking over the Tiger Tiger spot. I know. I mean, this is for, for a neighborhood. I mean, Sushi 2, they had their original spot downtown. It was originally part of the Sushi Deli, um, you know, like affordable sushi, um, you know, uh, Sushi Deli kind of like uh, empire in San Diego. Sushi Deli was one of the first places I ever had sushi in, in San Diego, you know, and it was, you know, and then they, but they kind of expanded on their own. They went, went off on their own and they did, you know, some more like craft beer and, and crafty things and kind of up their program a little bit. And it was always packed downtown, um, you know, and they did, they did really well. Um, you know, I think that like anybody in the pandemic, they were hit as hard as, as you know, everybody else was. And this is going to, um, at least now you're going to have a new activated space in that tiger, tiger space. I mean, if you guys know, I'm going to let David actually explain where that space was, but it was a vital part of North Park, uh, tiger, tiger was. 
This is pretty much the best news you could ever imagine, I feel like, for El Cajon Boulevard. So it's basically on the corner of El Cajon and 30th. And I don't know how often you make your way there, but there's a lot of buildings that are just, I don't want to say abandoned, but just not being rented. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of places that are, you know, mediocre fast food places on the corners. So seeing what was such an amazing building coming back to life with a new concept is just so good for El Cajon Boulevard as a whole. And so I'm, I'm just so excited. Well, and this speaks to the resuscitation of our city. You know, I mean, we are, that's restaurants are the first people in after, you know, Delta hit after this two years of pandemic, you know, and, you know, I'm not a prognosticator. I'm not saying that it's over. I'm not whatever, but I mean, it does feel to me like businesses are coming back to close. The shutdowns are not happening like they were, you know, and, and restaurants are always the first canary in that coal mine. They're always the first ones to turn a porch light on, you know, and say, you know, come here's a, a safe, positive, enlivening, entertaining space to enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and so I love to see you know, I, it was a, one of the worst things for San Diego when Tiger Tiger went out because, you know, Lee Chase and all the, the entire team had done so much for the city in terms of you know community activism, giving a damn about the neighborhood, everything else. You know, so to see that that space being, you know, getting some sushi rolls by people who care. Stoked. <laughs> Verbena Kitchen is also doing some rad stuff. So some more North Park news here. And they're doing a fundraising meal for uh, their neighbors who burnt down a month ago, which was terrible. Yeah, there's a huge fire. I don't know if you're familiar with Verbena Kitchen. If you go on to San Diego Magazine and you do the um, uh, my section, the feed, um, which will be kicking back up here um, momentarily. We're working on our new content plan for 2022 and we got some amazing stuff. But Verbena Kitchen, you can find a first look of Verbena Kitchen. And this is done by a, th- like a bunch of sa- lifelong San Diegans. Um, you know, a chef who worked at um, the Grand Del Mar, you know, worked at, uh, I believe he was at Amaya, which is like their offshoot of uh, Addison, which is our Michelin star restaurant. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a great project. Um, so you can see that that restaurant, but their next door neighbors, Luna Wellness and Mr. Brown's, there was a huge fire. It decimated their, their neighbors and being a good part of a community is, you know, what a restaurant's all about. Like we were just talking about. They got a GoFundMe page for this event. It's January 20th from 4 to 9 p.m. 20% of the food and drink sales from, from that nighter um, and all the proceeds from beer for the whole month. Um, of January are going to the GoFundMe for their neighbors. Um, they're also doing a raffle for like a weekend in North Park package stuff that really cool crap. <laughs> I say crap, but <laughs> I mean, really cool stuff. All right. I just hate the word stuff. Really cool stuff. Really cool things. Really cool, you know, tchotchkes and, and useful things, you know, from local neighbors um, that were donated by local businesses. They're going to raffle off, um, you know. So anyways, January 20th, uh, 4 to 9 p.m., Go to that dinner. There's going to be a multi-course dinner. And then beer sales for the rest of the month from Rubino will be going towards uh, the neighbors. I think your way of saying uh, really cool stuff means you have absolutely no idea what's included in the weekend in North Park package. No, I, do, I don't. They just said it was going to be like some cool stuff. And I mean, North Park is full of our makers, right? So I'm sure there's going to be exactly. some soap, soap in there made out of turmeric somewhere. There's going to be a succulent of some sort. There's going to be some yarn works, you know. There's going to be a, a fixed gear bicycle stuffed into a bag. <laughs> All right, so Captain's Quarters, we're getting a new gin-focused cocktail lounge in PB. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I kind of like these single origin um, or single, single cocktail, um, single spirit bars. Um, and, and this is not, this is going to be uh, gin-focused. So they're going to have other things too. Uh, but this is basically a new project from the people that brought you um, 
the new Camino Riviera, um, which is, you know, oh, no used to be El Camino. Um, this is the one that brought you, um, oh, Jesus, why am I forgetting? Kettner Exchange. Kettner Exchange. This is the one that brought you Fireside in PB. This is the one that brought you Grass Skirt. Who it is, is Matt Spencer, who is basically like the restaurateur and owner, Chef Brian Redzikowski, who is one talented, talented dude, and uh, bartender Eric Johnson, what do you want, whatever you want to call them anymore. I don't know if it's mixologist or if it's drinks, drinks man or if it's bar guy or if it's, I, I don't know what, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, it is, it is so interesting that whole term because, you know, it, it, they are more than bartenders, but I hate the word mixologist, um, you know, but Eric Johnson is really talented at making designer cocktails. All of them are going to be working on this captain's quarters and it's going to look like a 19th century ship. It's coming in spring or summer 2022. I call them hangover givers. Yeah, seriously. Well, yeah. you know, David, if you drink responsibly, um, they would not be. <laughs> Ooh, <that one. laughs> that was that your inner dad just came out there. I love <laughs> well, more drinking. Let's talk about how Liberty Station keeps growing and Cruth Winery is going in there. You know, I forgot you guys how much I love, uh, you know, um, Liberty Station, you know, not just for families, you know, obviously, Claire and I have a newborn, um, you know, it's, you know, we're not really taking the newborn out, to be quite, quite honest with you yet. But, you know, I've got a 10 year old too, Ellie. And, you know, like, and there's just so much to do so much space. But it's not just for us people who chose to reproduce as a life choice. Um, you know, it is it is really like 20 year olds, like 18 year olds, you know, like, like, like 22 year olds, like hanging out on the porches. They have so many great food and drink options. And now they're getting another one. They're getting Caruth Winery. Um, you know, these guys started up in um, uh, Lucadia, Lucadia, Solana Beach. Why am I spacing on where the, where the original one is? I believe I it's no Solana idea. Beach. What's that? I have no idea. Okay. I believe it's Solana Beach. I've actually been to the winery. They're an urban winery um, in North County. They started in North County, but they're opening up a 10,000 square foot winery in Liberty Station in the spring of 2022. They're going to do paninis and some food and whatnot, but they've always done a great job with wine in San Diego. So that's a nice addition, of course, with uh, Stone being right there. You got Liberty Public Market. You got um, Solare, which is a great Italian restaurant. You know, you got, you know, there's, there's a bunch of, I, I, it's underrated Liberty Station. I kind of gave it crap for a long time because I was like, ah, you know what? You're not doing cool enough stuff. And it kind of took them for a while to get going. Now, I, I love that place. You want to know my favorite cool thing that, that happens in Liberty Station is? Hmm. It's, it's our uh, best of San Diego party. Oh, that's right. We do our best <laughs> of San Diego party there too. I like that's, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, foreshadowing until next September when you all can join us and have a blast and then go uh, to Cruz Cellars after and get some wine. Heck yeah. I'm down as if we're not going to have wine there too. Yeah. So we do have one more piece of drink news today or drinking news. Wow. That's a lot of booze on this podcast. Yeah. Um, St. Archer is no more. They have basically closed and their facility has now been purchased by Kings and Convicts who owns uh, Ballast Point, who we obviously love very, very much. And uh, it's pretty crazy. And it's not going to be Ballast Point that's going to be going into the building. Um, Brendan Waters, the COO, and uh, Chris Bradley, the owner, they basically are moving their whole parent brand of Kings and Convicts into that and basically bringing that concept to San Diego now too. So this is going to be really cool for uh, the city as well. I will say straight up, I was not a fan of St. Archer. I understand why people want to make money and sell it quote unquote selling out but they came into the beer game with a five-year plan to basically sell out and they sold to a giant 
a giant brewery. And I just feel like that hurt more of the small breweries in San Diego. So seeing craft come back into the space really makes me happy. And I'm straight up going to say it. No love loss for losing San Archer. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's allowed their opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, like the um, St. Archer, I mean, it's so interesting to me. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, um, the metrics are on this. I don't know what the economics are, but, you know, obviously, um, you know, uh, like Ballast Point, you know, a classic legendary San Diego beer, you know, was purchased by Cons um, uh, Constellation and Constellation eventually spun that off, you know, to Kings and Convents Vix and it went back, you know, to being independent. And now, you know, we got Ballast Point again, um, you know, and I don't know why it doesn't work for bigger breweries, like some of this craft beer that works on its own does not work when it's acquired by, um, a large, large, large multinational brand. And I don't know, I, I don't know if it's because, you know, it, it, craft beer is so associated with the independent spirit, um, you know, and, and you need, you know, the independent person down the street, you know, you need, you know, that society, you know, brewers owner, you need that, you know, whatever it has, you know, my cast, whatever it is, you know, but it just, it doesn't seem to work. It, it's, it definitely takes away the cool factor. Right. You know, it's like when all of a sudden it's like, it's kind of like when your favorite band that was like super indie all of a sudden signs on to a, a major label and is all over like TRL. If, I don't think TRL is even a still thing. I don't think that MTV <laughs> plays videos, but it's so that's that kind of that same thing where it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm like, I don't really want to drink this anymore. <laughs> we got a TRL shout out on a happy half hour food <laughs> podcast, everybody. Carson Daly, what's happening? Realize that you're now one of our number one fans. Thanks for the five stars. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, another good thing, though, that is happening as well, though, is that the one thing that I do have love loss for is the fact that, you know, people then were losing their jobs, which we don't want to see. But it looks like Kings and Convicts is really looking to hire back most of those people nice. that were associated with St. Archer. And so I think that's awesome. And that makes all their jobs that much cooler, too. And this is not just I mean, this is not just that they're um, uh, killing the brewery of St. Archer here in San Diego. Excuse me. Um, they are actually re like removing St. Archer from uh, like retail shelves as well, right? Done. Completely done. They're completely they're done. saying they're oh they still own it, but I mean it's basically ceasing operations. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's it's basically like an old trademark, you know, that the, that they have that they could resuscitate at some point in time. Um, what was your favorite band? Here's a quick question. I know this is a food podcast, but what was your what what was your band that that happened to that you were like I love this band, and then they got big. And you were like, oh, not the same band. So there's two, but so Nine Inch Nails. Oh, so okay. I started listening on Hate Machine. Pretty Hate Machine was my second CD I ever owned. Uh -huh. And then like the, the closer uh, Downward Spiral like album came out and it blew up everywhere. I was like, it's like, why did you do this to me? <laughs> yeah. And then. And then the other one was actually, it was Nirvana. And so my first CD I ever owned was Nirvana Bleach. And then once uh, Nevermind came out and all of a sudden that was just MTV rock, I was like, I was like how did you do this to me as well? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think, trying to think of the, the, one, the one that I, that really happened to me. I think it was probably the Goo Goo Dolls back way back in the day when they started out, they were like rock. They were like, they were kind of like metal almost. They were on Metal Blade Records. They were on Metal Blade Records, <laughs> metal. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, I wish you could see me, <laughs> and I don't wanna. Da, 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 da. You know, I and I will say this though, I grew to love that. 
that part of the Goo Goo Dolls. I like, I love those. <laughs> I love those songs. I really do. I actually really, truly, truly love those ballads. You know, and every seepy, sappy, hallmark part of me, you know, like just kind of cries out in unison when I hear those songs. But I do, I, but I was like, you ruined my favorite band. The funny thing is when they go the opposite way. Like my first CD ever was New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the New Kids on the Block. I'm admitting no. it right here, right now. As somebody who grew up <laughs> in the punk scene, eventually, they did, I definitely did not start there. I think the first three CDs I ever owned were New Kids on the Block, MC Hammer, and and oh god, there was oh Ziggy Marley. I think those were like the thir- first three or something like that. Right when CDs <laughs> came out. Um, but New Kids on the Block, you see like those big corporate bands, and then they try to go the opposite way. It's like they become NKOTB. <laughs> you know, and they're like, like, they're like trying to record in some shitty garage, you know, like somewhere they're like trying to get some street cred. They're, they're coming to town and I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to go see NKOTB or New Kids. And the, the other reason I want to go is because uh, Rick Astley is playing. And I want to hear that Rick Rolling song live just once in my life. Dude, Rick Astley, you just did not expect that big baritone of a voice to be coming from that small frame, man. I, you know, he, it's like he opened his mouth. He's like, oh, whoa, I expected you to squeak. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, yes, now apparently this is the Happy Half Hour and Music Podcast. Yes. Another, so another random fact, uh, and I don't know why I know this, but the first time Lady Gaga ever performed in San Diego, I believe it was opening for New Kids on the Block. No. Yep. Oh, wow. I, I, would, I will tell you this. Here's a, another little story, because obviously music journalism was my first you know, foray in my career. Uh-huh. Um, I, only a story I ever wrote for Rolling Stone. They hired me to do Britney Spears' comeback tour. She played it to the um, there, a secret show at House of Blues. She played four songs, and I went in and I reviewed it for them. They didn't even, I think, I think you no, know, they published it online. I think that's what it was. And they, she was going under the name M&M's, I believe. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, now that we've completely derailed this and become a music podcast, I appreciate all this. I hope you guys were with us on that little reminiscing <laughs> down TRL lane. Enough about, enough about TRL. Enough about Britney Spears. We're going to put up a blog post uh, linking to all this. Maybe we'll even uh, you know, tag Carson Daly in it. And we want to hear <laughs> from you, our listeners. you have any questions, give us a call at 619-744-0535 and leave us a voicemail. Or you can email us at happyhalfhoursdmag.com. You can also use both of those contacts if you feel like sponsoring the show. We have so many cool sponsors coming up this year. I cannot wait for this Omicron spike to drop so we can get back to doing this in person and having so much fun. Yeah. We're really looking forward to it. So hit us up, hit us up. And now we're really happy to be joined by our special guests. Dennis Crosby has spent his career trying to find solutions for homelessness, mental health, and addiction. As director of programs at Kitchens for Good, he runs the program. He also recruits talented individuals seeking careers in the culinary arts. Originally from Chicago, Dennis and his team work to combine elements of social work and culinary arts to meet the needs of all their apprentices. Also joining us as a graduate from the program, a Team Smith Jr., also known as T. Growing up in an environment surrounded by crime and violence, T got pulled into that life and eventually found himself facing 64 years to life in prison. He signed a plea deal to serve eight years, and at the end of his term, he had the opportunity to join Kitchens for Good as a culinary apprentice. He is now one of the star graduates of the program. He now cooks professionally in kitchens across San Diego, first at Watergirl and now at Cucina Inoteca in Del Mar. He is living proof the good in Kitchens for Good. Thank you guys for joining us. 
So Dennis and T, you know, this is something that's been really um, on my mind for a long time is having Kitchens for Good on. I've been watching the evolution of, you know, the program. And I, you know, we, me being one person, you know, I I feel like there's a massive stain in my careers that I haven't really covered you guys. So this is kind of a make good for me. Um, I I think the Kitchens (laughs) for Good has been doing some amazing stuff for a long time. Um, And I'm really honored to have, you know, um, not only our operational guy, you know, here in Dennis, but T, who is a graduate, you know, and an apprentice and, you know, has really um, utilized the program is now working at one of the better restaurants in San Diego, Cochina in Oteca. Um, let's start with Dennis. Let's start with you. Give me the top down. Um, I mean, if I if I'm in an elevator with you and I just say hello and I say, you know, what do you do? What do you do? People <laughs> ask me that constantly. <laughs> you know, it's and it's and I it's one of the things that I actually love talking about, too, because and I've been in a I've been in a social service field for like 14 years. And what I love the most about it is just having the ability to work with people to help them find that pivot point, that point where they say, you know what, this is what I need to do with the rest of my life. I need some help getting there. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what I tell people I do. And in this one, it's a little bit more focused because you know, folks are already telling me what they want. When they apply for Kitchens for Good, it's like, you know, I want to be a cook. I want to be, I want to be an executive chef. I want to own my own restaurant. I want to have my own food truck. And so working with that information already, it's really just a matter then of working with them to try to find out how to get to that point. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in the business of, of helping people realize their dreams and I've got an excellent organization behind me um, and a great staff of people to really help, help make that happen. And realizing dreams, you know, that's, that's yeah. I mean, that's, you know, just your average everyday stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, selfishly, I look forward to the opportunity to maybe get a discounted meal. Um, <laughs> maybe a few, <laughs> a few extra hors d'oeuvres, you know, a few extra <laughs> shrimp on my plate. But you know, in, in the long run, it really is about uh, helping people have a, a passion for cooking, a passion for food, um, a passion for creation. Uh, helping those folks find that path and, and walking that path with them. And what was the idea? Give us a little bit of the origin story. I mean, I know that you came on, um, you know, and, and joined these guys. Well, what was the origin story of Kitchens for Good? You know, I mean, what was what was some of the genesis? I mean, that 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 seed of an idea that turned into good works in San Diego. Yeah. So the idea basically was to create a program that allowed people to um, to learn how to how to cook, how to be excellent cooks in their own kitchen, but also. Um, in restaurants. And so what they wanted to do with Kitchens for Good was provide an environment where, you know, we could work with a a segment of the San Diego population, um, primarily those that have had issues or challenges with with a traumatic traumatic past. Um, Some of our folks have had, you know, challenges with mental health. Some have had challenges with addiction. Some have had um, encounters with uh, the criminal justice system. Um, But, but, they come together with with one common goal, and that's that love of creating something in the kitchen. That's that love of wanting to provide a meal and share something and change their lives in the process. And so they created Kitchens for Good as, as that opportunity to do that, to bring these folks in, to teach them the techniques that they need to be successful in the kitchen, um, and then to teach them the the soft skills, you know, the pieces that are that, are, that will help them keep that job once they get it. So we started, you know, back in in 2015 uh, with that idea 
uh, we established this, this state certified apprenticeship program. It's actually one of the only um, culinary apprenticeship programs in the state of California. And so with that, you know, we have a, a 20 month program where people come and they work with us in our classroom and kitchen for three months. And then they spend 17 months getting on the job training with one of our employer partners. We have, you know, over 150 uh, restaurants that we work with throughout San Diego right now. And so once the, the apprentices are done learning those technical skills and, and those soft skills, we can then pair them up with uh, with an employer partner where they learn really, you know, the, the fine to fine tune the skills they learned uh, in the classroom and in the kitchen. I love this so much. I, mean, I got the chills because I mean, everybody, we all need a second chance at some point in our lives, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's happened a few times in mine where I've, you know, I you know, I have come up with, you know, what I thought were insurmountable losses, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I, I wish I had something like Kitchens for Good, you know, to kind of steer me in the right direction. You know, I kind of yeah, had to wander yeah. around if I'm away. And you, you said those apprenticeship programs, you know, I think, I don't know what number you're on right now, but T, I believe you were in the 18, class 18, right? Yep. All right. Class so how did, how did you come to this program? And thank you for you know coming on and, sh- and sharing your story with us today. I mean, how, how did you come to this program? What does this program do for you? What made you want to you know um, you know s- kind of dedicate yourself to K- um, KF? Was it K- KF KFG? KFG. KFG. <laughs> uh, I would say you know KFG had like a a good track record in my community. You know, because they they wasn't just like people who was talking about oh let's help this community. They was in it. It was in the middle of it, mm-hmm. um, and they already had a rapport with. Because um, I come, I come from the criminal justice part of it. You know, I was incarcerated, and they had a rapport with the parole officers. Because when I came home, they're like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "Man, I, I want to cook. Like, I need to cook. I need to be in the kitchen." And they was like, "Well, you need to go to KMG then." <laughs> and I was like, "For sure." So when I when I finally got there, it was it was just everything I needed and more. I didn't even know I needed everything that was going to give me, but for sure, they, they did a lot. They do a lot still. Right. It kind of gives us, it kind of gives you that, uh, that focus, you know, and you're, you're creating something. Anytime you're creating something, there's that sense of, you know, of next steps. There's that sense of like going in the, in, in a, um, that, that future direction. What, what about you or your background? Have you, did you cook as a kid? How did, why did you want to cook? Uh, when I was real young, um, I had a single mother, of course, and I had to step up in that role a lot in the household. And it, it always gave me a sense of fulfillment and, you know, joy when my little brother or my little, my, my family was like, oh, this is good. Like when they would be surprised, like, oh, you got skills. And it was just like, you know, it's a competitive thing with me in a sense, you know, because it's like I, I want to be the best. I like being good. I love being great. And I love I love that just that feeling you get when you know you made someone just salivate over your food <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, my my family still looks at me and they're surprised that it's good <laughs> my daughter is actually surprised it's bad sometimes but you know. <laughs> and so all right so you got into this program um did you think right out the i mean were you skeptical did you think it was going to work uh were you are you like you like you said uh. They were in the community. They weren't just talking about the community. They were in the community that you, you know, that you came from. And you, you yeah. saw that they were really putting down real roots. Um, were, yeah. were you skeptical? And how did they overcome that for you? Uh, there, there was, there was a, a, always a hint of skept, you know, skepticism because it's like you always have your guard up. But they make you feel so at home when you're involved in these programs that 
all that fades away instantly, instantly. Because we're sitting, we sitting there, we can have a full blown with argument. Like me and the teachers could have a full blown argument about it, just something like have a disagreement about technique or something that I've read for myself somewhere else. And you know, we'll sit there and argue, but at the same time, it's family. It's like that. I was gonna say that sounds like real family right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they because they can put you in your place quick, and you be like, man, you know what you like, man. Like, I'm sorry. I love you too, man. Like, you know, so yeah, we had the moments. It was moments in that class, man. Well, all right. So you graduate, um, you, you get a job at uh, Water Grill in San Diego. Yeah. Um, you stay for a year, you're working your way up. Um, and then you moved on to mom's pizza and then you landed, you know, at, uh, uh, did you went to Drake's Del Mar and then Cucina Anoteca? Well, I, I, simultaneously, I was working at Mom's and Jake's for a while. Okay, I was pulling, I was pulling the doubles. I was getting uh, double income. It was, it was crazy though. That was a crazy schedule. Parking in Del Mar is like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't even. Ah, oh, finding a I Yeti see, riding a unicorn. Yeah, I swear we have. <laughs> it, it's they, it's it's crazy. It's it's like. You ever see Seinfeld? They have the guy who parks the cars, and then George is going crazy. It's like that. It's like that for real. Now, what was it like? I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, you came to Kitchens for Good, you know, when you know you, you needed a direction in your life. You know, I mean, you you wanted to, you needed to find something positive. Um, what was it like taking that first day on the job, or you know, really having success? Because obviously, you've had some success in the kitchens around San Diego. I mean, what what did that do for you? How did you feel like when you're like, man, I'm good at this? Oh man, when I when I realized, I, I felt like uh, no one could stop me because I, I was now in control of my life in a, in a positive sense. You know what I mean? Like I finally have a skill that's sought after. Like the industry right now is is dried up. We need we need we need chefs. We need busters. We need servers. The hospitality industry is hurt by this COVID nineteen situation. But I have one of those skills that these people want and they admire. It's, it's empowering. Now, aside from this podcast, do you still uh, are you are you keeping in touch with these guys, or are, do you do you, do you text Dennis and you're like, hey, I, I got a discounted meal for you because I heard that's what it's. <laughs> nah, they anytime any, I see anyone from uh, my past, I always try to hook them up just because I'm in that position now. And there was a point in life where I was the one looking for something, so when I <laughs> when I like hook someone up, I always love to do it. There you so go. Dennis, have- he, he know you can come through. With some extra Brussels sprouts land on the plate. Uh, just well, a few. Don't don't Man, throw don't, those don't throw those fries away. I might I might take them. You know I might I might I might have to cook you a whole pie, man. You know, I don't know if you ever had one of those one of those real pies, man. I mean that actually could be the title of my autobiography. Don't throw those fries away. That's it, man. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a whole life mission right there. Um, all right, so give oh, us yeah. an ex- give us give us Dennis coming back to you. Like I mean, give us an um, an example of scope. Um, how many how many um, apprentices have you had? How much um, effect? Um, how many people have you placed? Um, you know, g- kind of give me an idea of of how much production you guys have done over the years at KFG. Yeah, I mean, we, <clears throat> we've enrolled over 500 apprentices since we've been open. Awesome. Um, and we've got about an 85 percent placement rate uh, throughout the course of that. Um, COVID, 85 percent. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Nice work. We, Amazing. you know, it, it's, it's about the relationship though, right? So yeah. 
you know, we, as T mentioned, you know, we try to build that, that family atmosphere internally. We want our apprentices to understand that, you know, we're not just here to provide this training and then, you know, push them out the door and never see them again. We want to make sure that we are with them throughout the duration of their 20 month apprenticeship. But even beyond that, like mm-hmm. he's graduated, he's done. He does not have to work with us and do anything with us ever again, but we don't want that. We want to know how well he's doing. We want to celebrate his continued success. And mm-hmm. we want him to know that if he needs something, he can always come back and ask, you know, if right. we don't have it, we'll connect him with a resource that does. And that's, oh, that's yeah. kind of part of our, our continued mission is not just to provide that training on, on the spot. It's really to kind of continue with it throughout because you're all, we, we always run in those, those obstacles. There's always going to be something that, that might pop up that we need some assistance mm-hmm. with and we can't do everything alone. Um, and so, you know, in building those relationships with those employer partners, that's what helps makes us make, make us successful in terms of placing those apprentices once they get through the training program we're able to really to match them up appropriately based on what their skill level is and also what that employer partner needs. You know, if they need someone that can work a line, we're not going to send them someone that doesn't have that level of skill yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to send them the right person. We're also going to send them the person that wants to be in that environment. You know, some of our apprentices want to be in a fast paced environment. Some want to be in a slower paced. Um, And so it's really about matching, matching skill, matching need, um, matching personality, um, so that everybody can can kind of win through this. Hey T, which one were you? Were you a fast paced? Were you slow paced? Were you medium paced? What, what, what <laughs> oh no, man, I'm a high speed guy, bro. You know, I'm a, <laughs> <sighs> I got, I'm, I'm all about them skills, man. I hone my skills every day. So now, you see, you ever come to Cucina and Oteca, You see me? I'm right there in the middle of, this, of the uh, floor. In going. the middle, of the, in the middle of the chaos. Tossing pizzas like a mama me, mama me, I'm doing all that. <laughs> I'm doing all that. So, in the like, did you what? What did you expect of the re- real um, restaurant kitchens tea? And when, and when you got in there, because I mean, I know a lot of my friends, you know, have said, you know, hey, I've got my, you know, uh, a kid who wants to, you know, go to culinary school. You know, should they? You know, and I'm like, look. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, you know, because sometimes people get into those restaurant kitchens and they're like, they're like, okay, now I hate kick, now I hate cooking. Like I used to like cooking, and, and now I hit the chaos of it, and I'm like, I want to be at home making a grilled cheese. Nah, in my in my head already, Troy, I thought it was gonna be like triple G. I thought I was gonna go in there and have 30 minutes to cook the best meal I could cook in my life. Like, I gotta go fast. Like I, I thought I was gonna have that high high pace. Uh, Gordon Ramsay yelling at me, throwing pots and pans. I thought it was going to be crazy. I'm like, I was looking forward to that. I was oh, a little so, disappointed. All right. So you were, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, it's actually slow for you. Okay. All right. It's not as hectic. <laughs> it's not as hectic as that, though. It's not as hectic as that. Uh, 400 covers. You could do 400 covers in an eight-hour service and you can know, not break a sweat. It's, it's not <sighs> as bad as, as TV makes it seem. I, oh yeah, I know. Well, here's the dirty secret: is that when we when we do Triple G, um, it's actually like a six hour episode that we pack in twenty two <laughs> minutes. Yeah, you just broke you. my heart. Bro. I know. I, well, no, no. I mean, they have to cook within thirty minutes. Yes, but I mean, the our actual episode, you know, takes a long time. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there like, man, these chefs are great. They got these recipes in their head. They're on the fly. Like, no, that's real. No, that that part is real. Okay. that's the only okay. time that that's real. But like the that's rest beautiful. of it, like taking us slow 
below judges and moving us all the way across the store. And then they got to like be like, there's like your hair is just terrible today and you're greasy on your face and we got to fix you and make you somewhat presentable. For the TV. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. So you're ready for all that then, right, T? Um, not, not six hour makeup sessions. I'm good. Uh, all right. All right. Well, see, basically, this is just a recruitment um, uh, effort that I'm doing for Triple G. So. There you go. <laughs> oh, man, let's go. Let's go. David, what were you going to ask, man? Uh, so I'm kind of curious just to know about the whole program itself. So you said it's 20 months, I believe. That's correct. Yeah. So, so yeah, kind of take we, me through the process of it, like from like when someone first signs up to like the end of that twenty months. Because David, little little background on David is that he used he went to culinary school. He used to be a a teacher at a culinary school. Unless I'm mistaking your bio, that okay. is correct. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yep. So as I, we expand, then we might have to uh, tap you for a resume because you know I'm always looking. Everybody's recruited. Is <laughs> <laughs> this? You guys all need it. Never listen, man. It never stops. It never stops. Um, <laughs> so as I mentioned, so we're we're a state certified apprenticeship program. So we work with the Division of Apprenticeship Standards, which is a state run agency that oversees all the apprenticeships throughout. Um, the state of California. And so the beauty of the of apprenticeship just in general is that it is basically you are you're learning while you earn, right? So the idea is to it's like it's a non-traditional um, school in, in, in many respects because you're getting your instruction, but at the same time, you're putting that instruction right to use as soon as you learn it. And so for okay. us, you know, we have uh, we start recruiting, we do recruiting year round. We basically work with most of the service provider agencies that are in and around San Diego and San Diego County. So these are, you know, agencies that work with individuals that have those, those mental health challenges, addiction challenges, um, people that are transitioning from say foster care to independent living. Um, you know, we want to work with those folks that, that have that low to medium income that are really looking to change their lives and, and kind of work through, you know, the traumatic past that they've had. And so we recruit to all those folks. We have them do applications. They come in. Um, we do like an info session where we talk about what they can expect from the program. They actually perform a kitchen activity that day. So like today, we actually have two people in. They're going through the history of Kitchens for Good. They're learning about what the training program is like. And then we'll take them into the kitchen. And for like a half hour, they'll work on, um, on making something. I think they're doing salsa. But it's really just to give them an idea of what it's like to be in the kitchen, what mm -hmm. it's like to take instruction from a chef, um, and, and kind of what they can gauge if this is something that they really want to do. Um, and we can kind of get a sense of how we can best help them, how we can best teach them. Um, so when they come on board, uh, we have a class that begins um, every morning at 8.30, goes to 4.15, that's a Monday through Friday, uh, for 12 weeks. And we talk about everything. So it's it's not just kitchen time, but it's also, you know, some lecture in the classroom. We talk about the kitchen environment. Okay. Uh, we talk about the industry in general. And as we get closer to the end of that 12-week period, that's when we start looking at where to place them with employment partners. Because in an apprenticeship, the real the real learning is is on the job. You know, it's not right. in the classroom. It's really getting in that kitchen. It's, it's working with, with the actual chef or with the owner of that restaurant. And so the sooner that we can get them in there to start learning, the better. And in that 17 month period, they work full time. They um, have to accumulate 2,460 hours. Wow. 
And by the end of that time, that, that, that gets them to that 17 month period, um, they had received the certificate of completion, which T actually just got his a couple of weeks ago, came in the mail. Hey, congrats. <laughs> Um, and that's that certificate basically says that they've gone through this apprenticeship program. They've done the training, the technical training. They've done the on the job training and yeah. they are good to go in virtually any kitchen, anywhere, in any position that you want to put. That is uh, what is it? What is the environment like T like what is it in that class when you guys are all all cooking? Are you guys all head down serious? Is it family like are people telling jokes or I mean, is there yeah. any kind of food fights? Is there? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's all that, man. During my experience, you know, during my class, we have people who are, you know, more prep cook speed that just mm -hmm. want to, you know, kind of move around the kitchen and get familiar with it. You got people who are in there with a little bit more experience because there's different experience levels when you uh, go into these classes, you got people who've been in the industry but never really had an opportunity to uh, excel because they weren't working with great employer partners or they weren't working with people like we have. So they all, you know, there's different levels. There's different yeah. Levels. And then what do you what do you want to do? I mean, obviously you're working your way way through. I mean, you've had some really good experience in real kitchens here in San Diego. I mean, and what's what's your um, like goal going forward with food? What do you think? Um, uh, next, next, I got, I got a little short-term goals, long-term goals with this uh, industry. Me and a friend are actually working on a, a meal prep. I'm trying to get a meal prep going because my brother recently, uh, he recently went uh, to the hospital, had some serious stuff going on, and now he needs a special diet. And I'm just trying to give back to my family. And I, I thought about it in a larger scope. Like, you know what? I can give back to a lot of people who are in a similar situation. If yeah. I can sit there and work with nutritionists one-on-one -on -one with these people and get it, you know, get some kind of funding going and get all this stuff going. So we're working on the, uh, you know, all the specifics of that right now. Me and one of my friends who I actually met at Cucina. So, yeah. I love that. I mean, and, and that's okay. what, I mean, look, any restaurateur worth their salt, you know, would tell you the same thing is that, you know, I mean, they, they want the, their employees to like be, have their own ideas for a food truck, for a business, for a, you know, it's, it's the whole industry should be about propelling each other forward, you know, and, and giving each other opportunities, you know, and sometimes that's when say Tracy Borkham, who owns Cochina in a tomato tech, and maybe she opens up a new restaurant. She promotes somebody like T to that, to the head of it, or maybe, you know, it's like her supporting you working on that meal prep program on the side, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah, actually, I get to work with um, Chef Caesar. Uh, he's like the regional chef for us. He's one of the big guys. He he's very um, forward like that. He thinks the same. So Absolutely. we talk to us about like, hey, he's like, oh, you guys need help with commissary kitchens. Do you guys need to? You guys need to understand the business like this. Like, do you guys need to understand Excel? Like, what's going on? Like, he's he's that, he's involved. That's the way it should be. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then Dennis, tell me about you guys just opened up. Your own store in, in Pacific Beach. Um, I know, I mean, you guys have a lot of news. We could go on for, you know, six years <laughs> on this podcast and talk about all the things that you guys have pulled off over the last six, I mean, seven years. Uh, but tell us about the store in PB because that's new. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of ideas, I mean, I just, I told you earlier, I, I had two meetings this morning and I'm sure the meeting that I had to leave, they probably came up with six more ideas for Kitchens for Good <laughs> um, in that time. Um <clears throat> But we've got a, a location down in PB called uh, Kitchens for Good Shop. And what we're doing is essentially we're selling pre-loved kitchenware. 
it's mm -hmm. it's kitchen kitchens are our brand it's what we do we do we we do it well we take pride in it and so what we're we're doing is we we're taking um pre-loved wear so if, if you have you know if you're if you're moving and you've got all this all these kitchen items that you don't know what to do with you're not taking them to the new place you bring them to us uh we'll take a look at it we'll get it cleaned up and you know if it's it's something that we can resell we will and the opportunity is for people to, it's, it's an opportunity for people to stock their kitchen with with good solid quality items it's it's a great place for folks to come that are starting something new that are getting into it or just getting into cooking yeah. um, we want to provide that opportunity for folks to have some good solid kitchenware at a, at a reasonable price um, and and the proceeds that um, that come from the shop actually get redirected into our programming so by helping kitchens for good uh, the shop you're actually helping to support our apprenticeship programs um, you're helping to support the things that that our apprentices need to to get through their training and to get out there back into the workforce. So we want to make sure it all comes back full circle. I I love that. I mean, I got two questions on that. A, you're talking good brand stuff too, like yeah, not just not, yeah. It's not like no, this isn't like you know you got your your grandma's cracked china. You don't know what to do with it. We're we're talking <laughs> high end high end items. Um, beautiful items, you know, things that you didn't know you need. We have it. That is awesome. But tell me also, and T, you'll appreciate this. You have that bent pan that you always see in a restaurant kitchen. It looks like it's been through nine different wars. You know what I mean? It has has not had its shape, original shape for 22 years. <laughs> tell me you sell those. Somebody needs to make a line of those. <laughs> We try to we try to steer away from that. <laughs> we don't want you going home with something that could be a potential fire hazard. We want you going home with nice quality cookware so that you know, like I said, if you're just starting out, this is the place to be. You know, it, we're in a great location because we get you know get a lot of college students down there. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to be in there. They're looking for something to put in their kitchens. We get people that are like you know looking to get into cooking as a hobby. Um, we've got apprentices, you know, that will, that'll go through that shop. And as they finish their training, they want to have good cookware too. So they True. continue to practice their trade. So yeah, we, we want to, we want to avoid the beat up stuff. We promise you that what's on that shelf is going to be absolutely beautiful and, um, and add to the quality of, of your life and your kitchen life as well. Now I have tea just for you. What was the one thing you learned from Kitchens for Good? Or maybe it's from Dennis. Maybe Dennis is, is our Yoda here. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. What is the one thing that you learned? You're like, you know what? That was, that, that really changed me. Like, I know for me, from food writing, you know, I mean, they, you know, they told me, I'm like, you know, you don't talk about like, you, know, you can't say what it tastes like in adjectives. You have to say what it tastes like in nouns, right? So like a burger's not rich. It's like eating Morgan Freeman's voice, you know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. Like that's, that's rich. That's, you know, doesn't get richer than that. You know, like that's the thing. <laughs> Is there anything that you learned in the kitchen that you're like, I, I kind of, you know, tell my staff this or friends this or. It's too much, man. Like, uh, I don't know. The chefs I have there, I learned so many little tricks that I, I teach my coworkers to this day. Like, if you uh, want to cut cherry tomatoes, put them in between some um, some lids and you can slice them in half way simpler. So, <laughs> Greatest hack like that, ever. That's, it's like, it's, it's like, it's little hacks like that. <laughs> so much of that stuff. 
Awesome, man. Awesome. And, and, and Dennis, what does this program teach you, taught you? I mean, I, you know, it's, it's teaching me to appreciate the industry more. Yeah. Um, I, I go to restaurants now and I, I to give you an example. I was, I, I went out to dinner um, a couple months ago with a relative and she was very upset at the service. And I'm looking around, I'm like, well, there's only two people here and it's pretty busy. So they're probably running behind. I said, you gotta, you gotta give them, well, they should have called more people. I said, well, we are in a pandemic. You know, we, we have to be very understanding about what's going on. And so, you know, I think for me, it's really learning more about the industry itself and learning to appreciate all of the pieces that go into running a restaurant. Now, it's not just about ordering food and, you know, putting it, you know, through a cooking process and throw it on a plate and send it out. You know, you have to order the right food. You have to order the right food at the right cost. You have to look at your overhead and how is that going to affect your employees and how is that going to affect your payroll? Are you going to have lights this month because you decided to get the high-end beef instead of something different, you know? So all of those little pieces now, I think I'm much more aware of and I appreciate every dining experience that much more, especially with the cooks. I know exactly what they're going through. Just watching our apprentices. We've got, we've got great chef instructors, right? Yeah. And they, they put them through the paces, um, but they get them ready. You know, they get them ready for that career. And, and I see how, how challenging it can be, but I also see at the end of the day, you know, into that training day, they are excited. You know, they yeah. can't wait to get back in there the next day. And, and, and that's, you know, knowing what they go through, I just I appreciate all of that just so much more now. Yeah, I, I think we've all gotten an appreciation for what goes into this um, into a hot meal. You know what I mean? What goes into a, a restaurant experience, you know, because you're not just creating that meal, you're creating a, an experience. You're trying to get it to the to the table in a in a in a pretty way or a funky way or a whatever, a remarkable way. You know, you're trying to, you know, get it there on time. You're trying to get, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. And then once everything kind of fell apart a little bit during COVID-19, we all looked around and God, now I really appreciate the people that really actually put their work, their duffs off, you know, to make me a restaurant meal. And I, you know, it's anytime I see a, a negative review on, on a service on the internet, um, I'm just going to say that word. Um, you know, I, I just, it makes me burn a little bit more. It makes yeah, me like, yeah. you have any idea the human beings that are behind that, um, yeah. behind all of that dish. It's that a you, symphony. It is a symphony. Thank you, T. Exactly. That. That. You got to have the, the drums come in right on time and then the, the violins and every, everyone has to be in the, in the same, you know, same cadence because if the servers don't get there on time, the food don't get there on time, the saute is not ready when the pizza's ready, it's a, oh, it's a headache. Dude, I, tried, I can't even manage, manage four burners in my own, my own kitchen, <laughs> all right? You know, I'm like, well, how am I going to get my daughter's quesadilla? Because all she likes is white proteins with cheese, uh, you know, our, our white carbohydrates and cheese. It's like Wonder Bread and cheese, you know? <laughs> I'm like, you, like, you realize your dad's a cook, right? Come on, help me out. Anyways, thank you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate you like um, sharing your stories with us and, you know, what you guys are collectively doing, you know, for the community. Um, and the uh, how can people find out more about Kitchens for Good, um, Dennis? And then, um, T, I don't know if you've got a TikTok page or, or whatever, whatever your brand is going to be. You let, you let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Finding out more about us, um, you want to check out our website, kitchensforgood.org. 
Um, you'll find out about our programs. You'll find out about everything that we're doing, all the good stuff we're trying to do here at, at uh, our main headquarters and then down at the, uh, the shop as well. Um, you know, if you want to donate, we, we, off, we accept that as well, whether it's the pre-loved kitchenware or if you want to, you know, donate to our programs in, in a monetary way, we, we accept that as well because it all really goes to helping build and strengthen these programs and making sure that we, we get this quality, quality group of apprentices, talent, talented apprentices, uh, get them trained well and then get them working into the industry. So yeah, kitchensforgood.org, check us out. Awesome. And then T, I mean, you can just mention your restaurant website that you're working at, or you, if you have a personal page or whatever. you. Now, just tell people to come uh, support KFG. It's not about me today. Oh, I need to go support KFG for sure. Oh, you're awesome. <laughs> you're, you're awesome. Well, well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time so, so dang much. Okay, now let's get into two people 50 bucks. You One question before that. One okay, question. I'm, I'm going to shut up. Wait, David, go. Uh, can, can you give everyone the address of the store in PB so that if they do want to donate, they know exactly where to go? I can. Um, I always get it. It's on Horn. I think it's 980 Horn Blower. Dennis, you're Googling this right now, aren't you? I am Googling it, yeah. <laughs> can you see it in my glasses? Uh, 980 Horn Blend? Yeah. Uh, That's yes. all right. I don't even know my wife's telephone number by heart. <laughs> and my girlfriend hates that. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, 980 Hornblen, uh, right off. It's in PB, uh, right off of uh, uh, Garnet and Cass. Great. That's awesome. Now we can jump into two people, 50 bucks. Um, Atim, do you want to start us off? Where's a restaurant that you just like to go roughly around $50 when you take uh, your girlfriend you- out? Kachina and a Tika Domar. You can't mention your own restaurant. Okay, fine. You just oh, we can't. That's a rule. That's a rule. <laughs> Sorry, that's a rule. I guess we should have made that clear. But that's okay. That's okay. okay. In that's this instance, you, you can. And I want to go support Kachina and a Tika Domar. They do a dang good job. And obviously, T is there. Now, where do you go on your off time that's not your spot? Kachina <laughs> uh, Sorella in Kingsington. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's good. We, we have an apprentice that works there too. <laughs> I I fully endorse this company man. This is like somebody who really like buys into his brand. He helps out his employer. That's fantastic. Okay, fine. You know what? Forget the rules. Um, the T. What do I? What am I going to order when I go to Kachina in Ateca? Come on. What's your favorite thing uh, on the menu? I like burrata. I'm a cheese guy. Oh, I like the, uh, and there's tomatoes and basil. I love it. And I want a uh, margarita pizza because I don't really indulge in uh, pork. So mm-hmm. when it comes to that nice cheese, and I always add the roasted tomatoes. You, you add the what tomatoes? Roasted tomatoes. They're, oh, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, with the garlic and the thyme. I mean, it's just it's chef kiss. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah this, is, this is an audio um, podcast, but if you can see T's face right now, I think he had some sort of you know spiritual experience <laughs> describing that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, well, Dennis, what are, where are you going? Um, I mean, so many places. Um, I'm going to any one of our 150 employer partners. <laughs> uh, I, I literally, I could. I, I could just throw a dart at our board and I will go there. It's, it's not even a question. I, what's funny is I've been in San Diego seven years and I'm still learning all of the, all of the good restaurants that are out there. Um, and we've made some partnerships with a number of them. Um, I, I realize been, right now I'm asking you to choose like among your, uh, your, your friends. I know yeah, you really are. You really are. And <laughs> <laughs> I can't choose one over the other. Um, can I take a dollar and go to 50 of them? Yeah. <laughs> 
You're the worst at this question, by the way, Dennis. <laughs> you are officially the worst, the best I, guest, and the worst 52 people, 50 books. <laughs> I am great at making decisions at work, but when it comes to restaurants, I, I am awful. I'm awful. <laughs> I'm going to step in here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save Dennis, all right? Because I, I know what that feeling is. You're like, I have a lot of partners and I don't want to pick one. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I, I'm going to say I finally made it to shawarma guys. Oh, man. Oh, have you guys been to that food truck, shawarma guys? It's in South Park. Oh, my God. Yes. It is. They have a beef shawarma egg roll. It's got this. Oh, it's like lightly fried egg roll. It's crispy, burbling on the outside, like lightly tan. And then inside, they got the shawarma beef and they got the, the garlic sauce. It, it instantaneously, you feel like 50 treadmills chasing you down the street going like, what are you doing to yourself? You know, but it is one of the more enjoyable moments that you'll have in your life. Go check out the shawarma guys. A, a great, great food truck. That's amazing. I live in North Park, so that they're not far. I have to check them out for sure. And then what about you, David? All right. So while I do go there, obviously, to drink all of their absinthe, I did go and actually eat the food at Wormwood. And oh my gosh, it is out of this world. I just can't believe what they're doing. Their soup might be one of the best soups I've maybe ever had in my life. Wow. It's a, uh, I mean, I, I say this like seriously, I really mean it. But so it's like this poblano and spinach puree type soup. Sometimes when people do puree soups, they're a little bit gritty or they're like a little mealy or something like that, or they're too thin. The texture on this is like silk in your mouth. Oh my gosh, it is phenomenal. And then they top it off with a walnut fondue and then uh, pomegranates and a citrus marigold. Uh, so it's got like these nice little flowers. The plating is beautiful. The, all the plates are these beautiful, beautiful, like um, matte black type plates, oversized. And so the colors just really, really pop on it. And then also I got their mussels and it's maybe one of the more unique platings I've ever seen for the mussels. It's like they actually de-shell every one of the mussels and then place them on top of um, basically uh, uh, the rajas con crema and this preserved lemon and tomato. So they're all uniquely placed out and sectioned out. Go check it out. If you go go earlier, make a reservation a couple weeks in advance and you are not going to be disappointed. I got a couple things on that. First, Citrus and Marigold sounds like the name of a Jethro Tull album. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I just saw them last night at the observatory. You know, <laughs> I'm like, that is some like metal, like ornate metal uh, descriptions. And B, taking the muscles out of the shell is a crime. It is an absolute (laughs) crime. No, the whole point of that is that you get your little fork in there and then the fork's not good enough. So you get your finger and you have have it all over you. And then by the end of it, you're so soaked in the jus, you know, and, and, and the broth that you just like take the take the, the bread and you just rub it down your shirt because that's where all the, the, the broth is and then you eat it and it's, and it's full contact. So and then also great. what's great is then you can use the shell as a spoon. True. I feel like we've taken Troy back to an experience. <laughs> that was, he was, it feeling that. he was feeling that for sure. Yeah. That spoke well, to me, not in the right way. <laughs> 
Awesome. Once again, you guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is so educational and I just love seeing true good things happening in San Diego. So yeah. thank you so much. Let everyone know again where they can find you all on uh, social media and website again. Yeah. Hit us up at kitchensforgood.org. And the address for Kitchens for Good, the shop is in fact 980 Hornblend <laughs> in Pacific Beach. All right. And I know T just says the same, probably saying, I'm going to say the same thing. This is all about Kitchens for Good. T, thank it you so much for your time. I know that you have a real career that you're working on right now and you're in between like two jobs or you've got, you know, <laughs> an entire dinner service to prep. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me and having us. Of course. And Dennis, thank you so much. I will be into that shop. I want to come see um, that you have unbent pans. <laughs> <laughs> come check it out. Unbent pans, glassware, any color you want, whatever you like. I I'm sure I'm sure we can we can assist you with it. Amazing. Amazing. You can find Troy on Instagram at Hey Troy Johnson. You can find me at David Eli Martin and you can find San Diego Magazine at San Diego Mag. And we look forward to talking to you all next week. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you.